One year, I kind of got an idea. You almost try trap. I like to trap. I like to make lure, and I like to write. Where can it go from here? I would be able to spend more time in the woods. I was losing money hand over fist trapping, but I didn't care. Getting the traps out there is the hardest part, I think, with them. I would leave the critters in the back of my truck in the high school parking lot. We're going to set traps, like, no matter what. Some of these guys have trapped these areas for generations. We got through the furball. This is Northern Michigan. This is what you do. Representing trappers in a positive light. I'm going to ask you guys a question. Do you know everything? This will be fun. Trying to learn something from these legends. Ask questions without asking questions. Volumes of Perfect and Game magazine. This structure from Perigo Gorman. Perg Lennon's articles, the Perg Lennon ads. Information, trapping radios. We are trappers on ourselves. To me, that's pretty important. All right, everybody listening to me? Develop a system yet because work it ahead of time to build big trapping. If you got very much the same as the you got bogged down. They started talking about these big fans. Most of my tunes are coming from up top, not down top. Probably the best part of the country in the world. I don't know, get them better. Trying to set predator traps and trash waders. The back of that beaver looks like it gets sheared. You better edit this part out. Yeah, it was better. Back in the fur shed. This is the Trapping Today podcast. I am Jeremiah Wood. It's great to be here. Another beautiful day. In the trapping season, the podcast is brought to you by Cots Brothers Lures, K-A-A-T-Z-B-R-O-S.com. Work harder, trap smarter, enjoy the success that follows. You can find Cots Bros on their website. They have a great selection. They have high-quality lures and baits. They got books and DVDs and traps and everything you need to get started. It's also brought to you by Fur Harvesters Auction, where the world comes to buy wild fur. Fur Harvesters is an auction house run by trappers for trappers in North Bay, Ontario, Canada. It's a tough fur market. The ranch fur market is, is in the tank um, and has brought, brought the wild fur market down with it. There's not a lot of demand for fur, but Fur Harvesters puts together a quality collection. They ter- take fur from all around the country and they work hard to get that fur in front of as many buyers as possible. Try to get a good price for it. So thanks Fur Harvesters and Cots Bros. And we have a great episode tonight. I'm excited to bring an interview with Stan Zaray from Yukon Men. Um, first, a quick update on my trap line. We started trapping here in northern Maine on Sunday, so we've been a little under a week in, and boy, am I having a good time. Uh, up about 4 o'clock every morning and checking traps for three hours before work. Um, you couldn't get me up at four o'clock to do a lot of things, but for trapping, I I usually get up before the alarm. I'm I'm hardly able to sleep. It's pretty exciting. So this is uh, for guys that haven't been following along. It's my first time coyote trapping in quite a few years, so I'm kind of rusty, working the kinks out a little bit, and uh, got uh, eight coyotes this week, and I'm excited about tomorrow morning. Going to be back up and checking sets again. Had a couple inches of rain right in the middle of it that threw things out of whack a little bit, had some challenges, and also had some some really, um, really, some low times and some really high times. Had a lot of fun so far, and I'm excited. So beaver trapping in my area starts tomorrow, and so I'm going to be checking coyote traps and setting a few beaver lodges uh, that I found uh, kind of around my, my coyote line. So that's going to be exciting. And in a future episode, we will get into that. I'll kind of give a recap of 
of the early coyote trapping and, and how that all went, lessons learned, and so on. But anyway, tonight's episode, I talk with Stan Zaray. Stan is a great guy. He lives up in the village of Tanana, Alaska, on the Yukon River. It's something that the the whole Alaska thing has always intrigued me. I've always dreamed of going to Alaska, uh, living in the woods, doing basically what Stan did. And he, a lot of you might know Stan from the TV show Yukon Men, the uh, Discovery Channel show that aired it went I think from 2012 to 2017 and it really was the first like nationwide show that actually had trapping as a major part of the show I mean in the past you know shows had occasionally you'd see a little bit of trapping here and there but actually like a discovery channel show that featured trappers to me, it was pretty incredible to see at the time, and I was really nervous actually watching the first couple episodes, like how is the general public going to perceive this? Because I'd always been taught that people from everywhere else in the country, you know, we grew up and live in rural areas, a lot of us trappers, and growing up in a rural area, I was told that people outside in the cities and, and throughout the country, they were anti-trapping, anti-hunting for the most part, and, and they didn't like our lifestyle. So, you know, for a long time, we kind of have this isolated viewpoint of, you know, they people are going to perceive this as bad. And I've learned over time not to judge people until you, uh, you give them a chance. And this show was incredibly well received. You know, you always have your antis and your animal rights people, but for the most part, there was really no backlash here. And people, Americans loved to watch Stan and Charlie and Joe and all those guys out there on the trap line uh, trying to survive, make a living, uh, catch some fur, feed their families. And, and people were intrigued by it. And it was a big hit. It had uh, millions of viewers. And so... In tonight's episode, I get to talk with Stan about that show and did a little bit of digging into the behind-the-scenes sort of stuff that that went on and and how everything kind of went to get came together. And then we talk about uh, you know the show's been canceled for a couple years now, so we talk about uh, a new project. So we may not see the end of Stan if you listened in, to the podcast maybe about six months ago. I talked about something called the Stan Project. One of the cameramen from Yukon Men became good friends with Stan, and he and his wife, uh, Ryan and Carrie uh, Walsh, I believe is their last name, uh, they decided to try and raise some money. They had a Kickstarter campaign. Uh, I, I put a little money into it. I know some of you guys listening put some money into it, and they raised money to pay for some travel to get up there and film Stan some more. And uh, they're they're trying to put together something that may be another sort of documentary type show about those guys up up in that area. So something to look forward to. But I'm looking forward to you guys hearing this conversation with Stan. I really enjoyed it. And toward the end, we we dug deep into some some issues uh, facing some of those villages. And uh, I I feel it was really positive. Uh, to, to talk about a lot of those things and, and it was really cool to get his perspective so anyway with that thanks so much for tuning in hope you guys enjoy it and uh, we'll catch you later on of course when I had my little nice little part time job with Yukon Men TV that was <laughs> I bet that helped kinda, I, you know 
Yeah. That did. That was able. I was able for the first time in my life to upgrade my traps, and uh, you know, because I always had like terrible traps, and I was actually able to buy some decent traps that would uh, hold the animals, and uh, yeah, and stuff like that. So, and a few other things, and bought a nice snow go and good part-time job, you know, sure. and, and doing exactly what I love doing, you know. And and you don't mind uh, talking with people and stuff. I mean, how was it when you were approached about the show? Um, did you have some hesitation there, or how'd that go? Yeah, I mean, I you know, I've always been, um, you know, I did this thing with fisheries on the Yukon, you know, where I moved to a fish camp here, and then some uh, fish and wildlife people wanted to me to, they wanted to get some fish out of my wheel for doing some science stuff. And, and uh, I said, sure, you know, and nobody else wanted to do it, you know. And, and, of course, a lot of people had things going on. I was new to the river, so I didn't have a lot going on. So I, I said I'd do it. And, and, and it was like, it was good because it brought, uh, the, it brought local, there were a lot of kids in town that worked for them. And, and, they, and I would uh, run my wheel for them, and they would get fish out of it. And I learned a lot listening to all these interesting people. And, and it was the same thing with uh, Yukon men when they want to film us. I said, yeah, that'd be good. It'd be good for the town. People could make a little money. And, and that's exactly what happened. A lot of other people than myself, you know, were involved in that show, and, and they made money. And, and the film guys were just the most interesting people, you know. They, they've been all over the world doing all sorts of stuff in these really um, extreme environments, you know, because they didn't send out city people to us. They sent out people that were very used to the, most of the time, you know, they sent out people that were right. used to the uh, these extreme environments, and, and uh, they were really interesting people, and it was cool to have all this stuff going on. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I, that's just the way I am, you know. Right, yeah. And, uh, of course, people are going to ask, is the show ever coming back? Or you probably don't even know. It, you know, I don't. It's the people, uh, it's the craziest thing, but, you know, we were never told, uh, we, uh, we were never told, well, it was never officially canceled because uh, we were always on good terms with Discovery. You know, we always had a good relationship, but that relationship never had anything to do with uh, talking to us about business or talking to us about, you know, when show the airings are going to be or the next episodes are going to happen. And so one day, uh, you know, it, it, the, the film guys were here and it's just like, okay, we haven't got any word that there's going to be any new episodes. So I guess we'll just pack up and, and leave. <laughs> and so for the first time in, in six years, they're just, they just left, you know, and, uh, and, you know, it, it, year after year goes by and, and we never hear anything from them. So it's, I guess it's, uh, you know, shows do come back. There's some of these shows on TV or some motorcycle show on TV. I know that just, uh, you know, building motorcycles that was gone for a long time and, and they just came back. But so anything could happen, but, um, I, I think most likely we're done for it. It's so expensive to film out here. That's the problem yeah. with here. We were, um, and, and the way they filmed was way more expensive than a normal, 
um, Bush, Alaska show. I mean, they these guys actually uh, first year and a half they were ever here. They never left. There was never a wow. time when the film people left. They they actually. Uh, had Alaska residency actually <laughs> they were some of them some of them and so uh, you know and you know they needed they needed snow goes for all the guys in the winter they needed four wheelers for them in the summer they needed uh, it, you know just enormous costs next to a regular warehouse reality show you know yeah yeah yeah, that's that's. Uh, I think, and you know, TV is changing so much. When we started out, we were almost hitting three million viewers, you know, and that was considered okay, but you know, it was it was good. Yeah. And and then in the end, we were down below a million viewers, and that was still considered okay, you know. Uh, you know, all the shows were dropping. There's just so many TV shows. It was the whole. TV industry was just so many more shows and so many less people watching TV. So it's right. things have changed to the point where I don't think we're, they could ever film up here. Not like they were. They'd have to come in here real quick and tell us we want a, a bear story and we want a river crossing <laughs> story and we want a caribou hunt and, and we need them done in three weeks, you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, and, and, and the guys here wouldn't do that, you know. That that's that that's not the way we ever did it before. No, it, it definitely didn't seem like it was scripted. Not in that way. No, no, no. It, it was not scripted. It was. I mean, in the end, they were trying to. Uh, you could see that direction coming, and uh, in the very end of the show, you know, because they were cutting costs every every year. You know, the costs were just getting cut by 30% and then another 15% and then another, you know, it's just, and you could see that coming, but uh, they just, yeah, it was just, I've, I've said it before, you know, they would, I would call them up in the morning, uh, you know, they'd live downtown here in Tana, they had a big warehouse down there they'd all live in, and, and I'd call them up and they'd say, what are you doing today? I'd say, oh, I'm going to cut some wood, and they'd say, well, we got a lot of wood cutting filming of you, we don't, <laughs> need anymore just give us a call tomorrow or whatever and, and then i'd uh i'd just go about my business that day and then the next day i'd say you know i think i'm tomorrow i'm gonna go out uh, and run the traps you know and they'd say oh what time are you going i'd say oh i'd like to be out of town by 10 in the morning you know i'll be getting going you know packing up and stuff in the morning and say well we'll have ryan out there at uh at nine o'clock he'll show up at your house at nine with a snow wheel and uh and so that's how it would work. Ryan would go out with me for, you know, three days, and and he'd just be tooling around the hills, getting some shots of me as I'm driving through the valley. He'd be two miles up in the hill, and he'd be zooming in with his big camera, and then he'd catch up to me and say, how's it going? And, say, and he'd say, I'm going to go ahead, and if I see something in your traps, I'll be waiting for you. And mm. he'd come up to a Martin or a Wolverine or something, and 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 he'd just oh there's one in the trap and so he'd just sit there and wait with the camera and I'd come up on it and and that would be the story for the day you know or that you know there'd be you know or if, if there was we'd just and sometimes we'd go out for three days and there wouldn't be anything you know and that was okay with them 
So they did a lot and, of filming that, that never never showed on on TV or any any episode. No, no, and that was just fine with them. In the especially in the early years, that was the way the show was made, and and there was no reality shows back in those days that were being made like that. Yeah. No shows, you know. We were it was the first, you know, Alaska show that was being made like that without any absolutely no. The, the, the stories would be made when we'd come back into town yeah. with what we filmed, you know, and, 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 and because eventually something's always happening. Somebody's oh, yeah. thinking their snow machine, somebody's getting caught in a whiteout, somebody's this or somebody's that, you know? Yeah. There's or, enough or out there going on. You don't, need, you don't need to make it up. No, but you need the money. You need the, the budget to be able to, always have somebody there see that, that yeah. was the thing you know and, and and nowadays i don't think you can you could ever have a reality show like that you know um yeah so but, uh, yeah who knows how about the uh stand project that ryan and carrie were working on well that's uh it's uh it it's it's going it's uh it's prob it's a, it's going to be amazing I, I think it's going to be uh, amazing to see the quality of it when you consider that instead of having a whole building full of people editing and working on a uh, on on a show, you know, the, the, you're talking right now. They, this uh, a man and a wife, you know, Ryan and, and Carrie, and they, and then they have a a friend of theirs that is a uh, really good editor, well known editor, and he's offering to help with uh some of this and 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 both ryan and carrie they have and this other guy they have jobs you know and right now he's uh uh R ryan is you know he'll come out to see me and do some filming with me and then he'll go to work for uh, these other reality shows you know up in alaska here okay and so you know he can't be working on it all the time but uh coming up he's gonna ta actually take off and and enough ahead of you know his finances and stuff that he's going to take some serious time off and do work on some editing and stuff and i think uh it's going to be amazing what they can do with the little resources they have you know because uh, a fundraising effort was a uh that provides you know the airfare and the hotels and while he's traveling and stuff to get him up here and then back and then come up here and he's going to come up again he was up here uh this this summer he's up here in the you know in the uh, early summer and then later for a, a quick one and then he's going to come up in the fall and then he will have had a, a whole season of uh, being here you know he'll have all new fresh filming and stuff and he's uh, got all the right equipment and he's uh, a lot of the best filming that you saw on Yukon man was made by him. Mm -hmm. So he's going to have the quality stuff and they're not going to be messing around with, uh, any kind of like, uh, I mean, it, the drama makes, it makes it fun. You know, I mean, I like watching sometimes a movie where it's like high drama and you know, there's no way in hell it's real. I mean, <laughs> like, Really, really, they go. You know, some of these shoot 'em up movies. You know, they totally could never happen. You know, but even on Yukon Men, you know, they would dramatize even some real things, and 
and yeah, it is dramatic, but uh, it, it was a, it was a little it was a little bit you know it got a, it was played up good drama you know yeah but this is he's not going to do that and he's actually uh, we're spending a lot of time uh, talking about things and uh, and he 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 really wants to show a, a side of it. Uh, that's really real and really human too. Sure. Getting into that, you know, so it's going to be, I think it'll be really cool. You know, is, do you know, I I kind of stay out of all that, you know, but uh, I'm curious what the final product is going to be. Is it going to be like one uh, film or is it going to be a mini series with a few episodes? Uh, Well, that is, that's all up in the air right now. Okay. We are going to, for right now, we'll guarantee. I mean, we're you know we can uh, we're, we're almost. I mean, there's no, nothing that I could see that is going to stop us from having like an hour and a half long, uh, real good quality. Uh, you know, no gobbledygook, switching around words and no drama, and you know, just really good quality. Uh, filming of, of country and scenery and and people and, and stuff like we're going to have a good product. Yeah. What we would like to do is use that product to like get it into like a film festival or something like okay. that, and and then that would maybe get us the help with promotion and stuff, which would allow us to possibly i mean the end result would be uh to get some of the other uh see there's this whole group of film guys that we've worked with before that we know are really high quality um outdoor type guys you know and uh and women you know and they well they're all guys they all had guys working with us but in, in our case but um but get them all, you know, get some of them involved in the project. So, you know, because Ryan could use some help when he's filming me and stuff. There's a lot of times it'd be nice to have two people, you know. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and and have the money from backers, you know, that would allow us to possibly make uh, episodes. Maybe not 10 a year, but... Whoever knows, and even and even bring in more people because right now it is kind of centered around me because I'm the only one probably will. I'm, I'm kind of working for no money. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's a lot of time. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's not because it's all it's stuff you're already doing. Yeah. It, it is time. It, it is some time, you know. But but it's 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 time I enjoy. It's. Uh, we're out with the dogs or something, the snow machines well, and stuff. But, uh, didn't you say anyway. initially that the idea for Yukon Men was going to just involve you, and then you kind of got some of the other, got them to look into some of the other guys in town, which I think made it a, a much better show to have a bunch of different people. Absolutely. It would have been, yeah, it'd definitely be uh, boring. I mean, I think that's what shows uh, kind of need. They need. Uh, to switch around even within the in, in in the episode you know i think that's a format that's used a lot to keep people interested you know they get bored with one person and 
and there will be even in in this uh, the stand project thing. You know, there there will be other people uh, involved in that, and uh, there'll there'll be uh, definitely some interviews. You know, uh, yep. uh, Ryan has done a lot of uh, interviews uh, of other people, uh, real in depth interviews too. So it'll be some of that, but it's, it's mostly talking the this first documentary that's going to be the one that we put out there. It, it's going, it will be kind of like the stand project. It'll be a lot of the interviews center around like, you know, uh, where did you first meet Stan? You know, what's he like, you know, what have you done with him? You know, what things have you, you know, all that sort of stuff, you know, but, but uh, my idea is to do eventually the same kind of thing that I've done with uh, Yukon men, you know, and do that with this, bring in other people and maybe have, um, you know, other stories, have other people, and then have it more be like a lifestyle type, you know, show people the lifestyle. Have it be like Yukon men without the drama, yes. you know, yeah, and yeah. have control over that drama. And we're willing to, uh, we're looking for people who are willing to uh, pitch in on, on this whole thing and stuff like that. The only thing that we're, you know, um, going to make sure that we don't do is we never give up the rights to the editing. We never, we yeah. want to, you, you, Ryan always, it was always his dream while he was filming us for Yukon Men that, boy, wouldn't it be cool if we could just have control over the editing because the film people, they know the best stuff that they do. They know, I mean, so many times there was episodes where we'd be in like a whiteout or something, and it wasn't a good whiteout. It was another <laughs> whiteout that was better. We had all beautiful filming uh, of this incredible storm and stuff and the things that happened in it, and they, it wouldn't, they'd use, it just wouldn't get... And, and that was completely you, out of Ryan's hands at that moments. point. Oh, it just was so yeah. frustrating all the time. And uh, we ne and that's the one thing with this project we don't want to do is ever give up that that editing thing. How it, it needs to be done by the... Uh, well, you need a professional editor, but you need the control to be within the hands of the camera guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, that's good. I'm looking forward to that. Um, it, I, I hope it. I hope it's good. Yeah, I, I, it, it'll be cool. I, I can't think of anybody better than Ryan. He is totally dedicated. He he is. He has no. Uh, yeah, he, he's a, him and his uh, wife are they're pretty amazing. You know, they're both really dedicated to getting this thing done. They have no bad habits. It's just I get the biggest kick out of. Uh, out of him, he doesn't uh, doesn't even drink coffee. He's never even had a cup of coffee. Like, I mean, he is an incredible guy. <laughs> yeah. you know? but, and you'd never know it to just talk with him. You know, he's just a regular guy. But he is. Yeah, he's. Uh, yeah, if anybody can do this, he can. Yeah. yeah. And and we were yeah. talking a little bit before we started on the interview. Uh, how about your thoughts on how the show? Um, how did the show, in your opinion, influence the people's views on trapping? Just because it exposed trappers uh, to people that have had absolutely no background in trapping or, in, or really understood it at all. 
Yeah, I think trapping uh, way more than like uh, sport fishing or fishermen and uh, even hunters. Trappers were, they were by, you know, and I grew up in the city too, so I, I would have a uh, little idea of this, you know, but trappers, they're basically viewed as poachers by a lot of people. I mean, they're, they're no different than an African elephant poacher, you know, I mean, and, and you know, beer drinking uh, down the road in their pickup truck and, you know, just the whole bit, you know, it's just, they, they have it. And, and I really think, uh, and of course, that's something that I, I don't even see, you know, I, I don't think, I think that is so totally untrue, but I think a lot of people have a real negative view like that uh, of trappers. And so I think the show and a lot, another Alaska uh, shows too have really, um, you know, given people a different view, you know, and I've had so many people, like, as I was saying, you know, I, I have seen so many uh, comments on uh, Facebook and stuff like that on my Facebook page and, and on my YouTube page, you know, when I put trapping stuff on that, that they, they just say that, you know, I, I, I would never trap myself. I kind of didn't even believe in it and, and stuff, but the, the, the way you people use the fur and, and, you, and sell it for just, you know, to try to eke out a, an existence, you know, and uh, just, you know, have a simple life as part of your lifestyle, you know, I, I can agree with that. I think it's a, it's a good thing, you know, and so many people say things like that. Um, and, and actually very few people, uh, against it, you know? Um, so I, I'm really surprised. You know? I, I yeah. Think, I, I was really surprised at how yeah. there, I figured when I saw the, that show come on TV, I thought, Oh, this is not going to be good. There's going to be people, people are going to, aren't going to want to see this there's going to be a backlash and really their response as far as i could tell was really positive for the most part i know i know some of that early stuff too because we were our show was the first i mean prior to our show if unless it was a sportsman's channel or something but as far as nationwide tv uh they would maybe show somebody setting a trap or somebody uh uh, with an animal in their sled or something like that, but there was never anything shown like what we had, what they what they showed on Yukon Men, and uh, um, you know, but but that's just the way life is, you know, if you if you're living that way, you know, and and I think they that was brought out in the show, you know, and uh, and I. I it, the problem is, is you know, it, it's not enough, you know, nowadays with all the anti-trapping and the whole cities, you know, not allowing sales of fur in, in, in a city here or there, yeah. you know, and it's just, it's just, uh, it's just not enough to fight against that. You know, so many people making money off of anti for anti-hunting and you know anti this and anti that you know there's just so it's such a big money industry uh that you know competing with that it's it's just it's sad you know because 
it's uh, yep. There's so many kids, especially like say my parents' generation. You know, so many kids, and and in my kids' generation that that grew up trapping, making a little bit of money because it was something they could do. You know, it was something available to them. You know, too early, too young to have a job. You know, but they could make a little money trapping in these rural areas, and and that's being taken away from them, and it's uh, it's really sad to me. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, when when things get banned more and more down here, I think we're all going to have to go up there and join you in Alaska, and might unfortunately get a little bit crowded. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah, I know. Uh, Bob, one more question because I know I'm sure you get this a lot uh, people a lot of people dream about doing what you did and uh, most don't don't ever do it but for the few who have still aspire to to move to Alaska and live off the land you have any advice on on people uh, how people should go about that well yeah, you know, I do. I do get this. I get this. A, a, a thousand people have contacted me, trying to, and contacted uh, our city uh, mayor, and contacted the tribal council in town, and contacted all the other people who are on Yukon men, but asking like, you know, uh, this same kind of question. And uh, um, you know, there's so many places in Alaska. And and there's so it's so big, and there's so many different climates and and different types of way of living, uh, you know, a rural type lifestyle like I do, that you know, it, it's it would be if somebody could come, you know, I, I I never advise somebody to just come to Canada or go to Southeast Alaska or go to Western Alaska on the coast or you know, I, I I tell them you should visit it first. Yeah. And then maybe visit a couple of places, you know, and, and kind of make a, a choice, you know. But I think this, you know, I don't think that, you know, technology, while there, there's less opportunity to make money and stuff, you know, in the rural areas maybe now, like with fishing and trapping and stuff like that, maybe there's a little less opportunity and stuff it's more than you can you can still do it and you can this technology and, and the things you can buy with money now that that aid uh living in the woods and stuff like that are, are so much more nowadays too that i think all in all somebody wants to come out and and try to live uh you know away from the city and and that type of lifestyle I think there's still plenty of room and there's still plenty of uh, opportunity, you know, for that. It's just that what happens is maybe like when I did it, you know, 45 years ago or something, you know, I came from, you know, even in the city in, in Dorchester, my parents' cellar was full of canned food. You know, and we would pick a lot of food out of gardens from friends we had in the country, and and we had gardens in our backyard, and and we lived. You know, nowadays with the the social media and the technology and the iPhones, people are living so far away from 
you know, like the, a subsistence lifestyle, just because of the technology and stuff, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, 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 you know, it's, 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 uh, that's what's hard. It's hard, like, for, it's hard, like, growing up the way I did with my father scrambling with three jobs for a living and hardly ever having any money, and every car he bought had to be some junker that he'd pull up in the driveway and fix up and, and that would be the family car and, and, and all that sort of stuff, you know, that I grew up like that. And, and now, and so it wasn't that much of a shock for me to move into the woods and make everything and fix everything. And, you know, I yeah, mean, I, that's the way I, I up yeah. And people, and, and a lot of people are further, I think more people nowadays are further away from that. And but that doesn't mean it can't be done. If you got the desire, you find a way, you know. And right. and but I think that that's the struggle too is finding, you know. I mean, I mean, you can live on next to nothing, you know. People up here do it, and uh, and but that's 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 the struggle. Like so many people, they want to live in the woods. And okay, well, I gotta, I gotta make a little more money so I can buy a generator, I can buy a chainsaw, and I can buy a, some snowshoes, and I can buy some, you know, this and that, and then I can move into the woods. And I'm gonna need solar panels, and I'm gonna need, you know, well, you know, if you if you need all that sort of stuff, you're not gonna end up in the woods. You're gonna end up in a working know, a job else. to try to earn it. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and you just got to go do it. You just got to go say the hell with it. You got to be just like I was driven out of the city by the what was going on and all the terrible times of the 70s, you know, and stuff that was going on in the cities, you know. I was driven out of there. You got to gotta be motivated. Have something that, you got to be motivated, and, uh, and, and that's, and if you're motivated, you can do it. I like it. Well, hey, Stan, um, I really appreciate you coming on and doing this. Uh, it, it's great great to have a chance to talk with you. Um, anything else you want to talk about? No, no, I think we're, we're good. We're good. I just, I'm good at answering questions, and somebody asked me something, I'm good at getting going. But no, we we covered everything anyway. Awesome. <laughs> I, I'm, oh, there's, oh, I got all kinds of other ideas in the future to, to talk about. If we ever get you on again, that'd be great. Um, oh yeah, yeah. You just you just give me a buzz. Uh, uh, yeah, let me know, and I'm I'm more than happy to to talk. I hope people. I hope it helps people, you know, and gives people an insight into the life and and uh, and maybe some of those people who want to maybe do something like it. You know, it just gives them some ideas. You know, that's why that's why I that's why I like. Yeah, that's why I talk about these things. So they can follow you, they can read your story, uh, carry on, and then follow you on uh, Facebook or your YouTube channel, which is just uh, Stanzeray, right? Yeah, it's uh, yeah. If they YouTube uh, Stanzeray, they'll they'll come to my YouTube channel. If they YouTube, uh, I mean, if they Google Stanzeray Facebook, they're gonna hit my Facebook page, and and I got lots of uh, there's lots of different types of videos on uh, of, of the lifestyle and uh you know they're pretty funky you know they're not no super high quality but uh but they're pretty you know 
some of them I try to do pretty good, but lots of videos on, uh, I got like 50 videos on YouTube, so yeah, I've been doing it for a few years. So. And a lot of views on them. I see a lot of people are following on. Um, so that's yeah, yeah. I actually, it, it pays. I actually make a couple hundred bucks a month on that. It's it's pretty, pretty, uh, pretty cool. You know, pays a bill. Yeah, talk about embracing technology, even even way out there in the bush. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, I I never used to use any kind of computer or anything like that. And I had to do it when I was around all those fisheries scientists and everything. I started using uh, computer. They had me do some computer stuff and, and showed me how to turn one on and and ever since then then I started wanting to get my information out fisheries information out to young people uh, I used to email out a bunch of stuff to the scientists and all this stuff all the time you know because they wanted the stuff that we were uh, you know the information we were getting out of our fish wheel and stuff and and then I, I wanted to get it out to young people because they, you know, they were not into emails. They were into Facebook back in those days. Now it's Instagram and all sorts of other stuff. So I, I started putting the stuff out and I got a Facebook page. And that was specifically to put out fisheries information to young people. And then it it just got into this other stuff. And, and uh, yeah, 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 that's how it all yeah, so that's another thing I yeah. actually wanted to talk to you about. And I, I may or may not even include, include it in part of the episode, but uh, I saw that your website there, Rapids Research, and, and the stuff you're doing with the kids, um, also the teen center and all that stuff. Um, I'm just, so, like, I I got to imagine that it's it's difficult being a kid in one of those villages with all of the, the issues um, that they face. So, so. Have you had have found that successful? Or are you like it, the things that you're doing? And I guess what motivates you to do that, and is it working to help help uh, those kids out? Yeah, I actually a couple hours ago, just before I uh, got back home here uh, at two o'clock to get on with you, uh, I ha- I went down because it's Saturday night, and I went down to the teen center and fired it up. Uh, see, I just came down from fish camp for the summer, so I haven't run teen center all summer during the four months during the summer. But now, from now on till springtime, I will run uh, the teen center every Saturday night. And it's uh, I just uh, lit the fire at teen center, and it's, uh, it's I'm going to be heading down there probably about eight o'clock tonight, and I'll run that thing till like two o'clock in the morning or something for any of the. Uh, you know, school kids and teenagers and a few young adults will come by too, and and uh, and it's uh, yeah, it's highly popular. It's uh, I mean, sometimes you got almost every kid in town in there, you know, yeah, of that age, and uh, uh, it's just a place for them to hang out. You know, I got some some uh, computers in there, and uh, although anymore with all the iPhones in the world, it kids don't really care about that too much anymore but there's a widescreen in there and they'll watch uh watch different things on that a lot of times i have music videos for them or youtube they'll you know the the town internet uh, donates uh donates to me uh the internet you know and so um they got internet so they'll watch youtube videos last spring they were I remember we finished off the season the last couple of times. They all they wanted to watch was Yukon men. Oh, no kidding! 
Yeah, past video, past episodes of Yukon Men, you know. Nice. Which they hadn't watched for a while, but, uh, you know, there was a story uh, about about that, too, in the early years of uh, Yukon Men. Uh, you know, I, 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 I remember starting off at uh, one of these fall times, uh, another season of Teen Center, and I... And I said, you know, I got some new music videos for you guys, and uh, and I uh, got this and that, and uh, and I also got some uh, episodes of Yukon Men if you guys want to watch it, you know. And I didn't even think that they would want to watch it, you yeah. know, because they know everybody on the show <laughs> and stuff like that, and you know, they're half the, they're all related to all the people on the show. You yeah, know? you're never famous so in your own hometown. No, we definitely aren't. No, there's definitely no celebrity status here. But anyway, so they uh, they immediately when I said it, they uh, they they said, "Yeah, let's watch Yukon Men." So they watch one episode of Yukon Men. Let's watch another one. And and so you know, I don't know. At one point, I came to this realization. But they were watching so much Yukon Men that night and other nights. Uh, on down the line that one time I just was watching them watch Yukon men. And I said, now, isn't this cool? I'm watching kids that in the past, all they wanted to do was watch some rapper from LA dancing around on a stage with sunglasses on and spouting up all this, you know, stuff. And I like rap music, so I'm not making fun of this, but uh, actually, at my age, even I like you know all that kind of stuff, um, or some of it, some of it. Yeah. But uh, and I said, isn't this something? Watching instead of wanting to watch, you know, some rapper, they want to watch people of their own culture do things that normally they don't really look up to. Because exactly. Kids really weren't. They kids were losing. Their idols were, you know, like I say, they they weren't the trappers. It was getting to the point where the young kids in town, you know, their idols weren't the trappers and hunters and stuff like that. I mean, they looked up to them, but they, it wasn't like they were their cool idols. And here they were watching people of their own culture be cool. Do you think it was... I thought that... Yeah, do you think it was just like the recognition that there's people all over the world that really think that the village you live in and the things that you do is really neat and, and interesting. And that's exactly it. That that's exactly it. That 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 they were proud. They were openly being proud. They were just or openly enclosed or whatever. They just they were just <laughs> proud of of their own people doing things that you know they grew up being you know told they you know should do and and all that and and, and, but here the world is looking on that stuff as being cool so it must be cool yeah yeah that kind of thing that's pretty neat and and that was cool it was pretty cool so i mean that was something that i saw right in in the village and they still think it was cool you know i think it was a really positive thing for the kids in the village, because they do have a real hard time here. It's a uh, um, Tana's not as bad as some, but there's there's uh, you know it's really hard for kids growing up in the villages uh, in Alaska. You know, it's um, it's one of the 
I think it it is probably the highest suicide rate in the nation, you know. Yeah. It, young people in the villages of Alaska, you know. It's uh, definitely on par with your worst inner city, you know, places. And so uh, it's really hard. And, and, and so things like that, you know, kids need, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. And and do they tend to stick around in the villages or like where I'm from, I'm in a little town here in northern Maine and and where I grew up, most people who be, who want to become successful, I guess for lack of a better term, they move to the city. They they move to the city just as soon yeah. as they get out of high school. Um and and we all kind of wish we could keep more people more people up here. Um and do you have that issue or do people tend to stick around, be part of the community? It, we have that issue. We have that. There are people like like my son. You know, he's he's running a household and he's getting by and he enjoys it here and and stuff. But you know, my other two daughters are out in uh, you know in Fairbanks and and uh, and stuff. And there isn't a lot of opportunity here in the village. Uh, so we we have a problem like that here. Yeah. Um, Just economically, yeah. there's not enough to jobs to keep no there really isn't i mean and it's uh yeah 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 there's it's i mean there are some jobs in town if somebody wants to live here but there's so much draw from the city you know there's uh you know a lot a lot of people that if you want a really big job you you've got to go work on the north slope or go out to fairbanks and yep something like that there are some people that uh you know, have jobs on the North Slope up in the oil fields, good jobs, and then on the time off, you know, they're two weeks on, two weeks off, okay. and on the time okay. off, they come back to the village. That That's that's something they can do, but, um, nope, no, we have that, uh, you know, uh, the, the villages, when I came here in the 70s, it was like 500 people, had been 600 people just before I came and uh now we're down to like 200 or something so, no kidding wow yep yep things are changing lots more trapping ground <laughs> that's for sure there's very few yep yeah there's all sorts of open country now yeah to yeah. trap in when i came in the 70s you could barely find a place huh. or i had to go way out like where i am yeah huh. yep all right well thanks again stan yeah no it's anyway Thanks. Thanks again. Um, I appreciate it. Yeah, I had a lot of bet. fun. You, all right, Jeremiah. Yeah, you give me a send me an email when this thing's when you're gonna do this thing. Yep, it'll be and, soon. Uh, and anytime, anytime anything comes up, just let me know. All right, sounds good. Thank you, Stan. Thank you. you take care. Bye bye.